No, fam. I'm I'm going to say we oh, are two friends, and then yeah, and then you still walking through <laughs> oh, our right, things, right, our right. things. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Let's try this again. Sorry, sorry. Hi, I'm Ali Ibrahim. I was born in Nigeria, but have been living in Malaysia for the past 16 years. And I'm El Siu. I've just moved to Ireland from Malaysia, where I was born. We are two friends working through our thoughts about things, and this, this is, is Al and Al Try Podcasting. Yeah, so yeah, tell me how do you feel? How how you feel about the I don't know the reception so far? I got the I guess review from you that you shared with me, but like I didn't get any personal things from people. Like I I, I got like a thumbs up and like a fire and a congratulations, but huh. nothing about sort of like the substance of the of of, of the podcasts. But for me personally, I'm just really glad that it's out there. Like when I posted it, and then I saw it come up. On my pocket cast, like it was just exhilarating. Oh yeah! And Sansa, like this is <laughs> a thing that I've been wanting to do for years, mm. and now it feels very real. And it's it's funny because the reason why I put it up when I put it up was because I could not sleep. Mm. Like I was just having a lot of this anxiety, and part of the one of the things that was on my list is like the podcast, and I figured, oh, the the only Thing that I need to do for the podcast is to add like the musical breaks, yeah, and that felt very easy. I said, okay, this is going to be a small accomplishment. I just have to do this, put it out, and I will feel that I have accomplished something today, and then I can sleep. Mm. But then, of course, as I put the musical breaks in, I I thought like, oh, it also needs like a closer, like an ending. And then, of course, I had to write that, and then how to get my mic out and do that. So like. It be it ended up being longer than it needed to, or at least longer than I planned for it to be. Mm-hmm. But once everything was put together, I was also like, okay, oh, I need to get it on Anchor. So, oh, but you know, we actually don't have an Anchor account. Okay, we need to open an Anchor account. Oh, but you need an email. I can't use my email. I need to oh, have a new email for the podcast. <laughs> so this, oh, right. <laughs> it's just like, oh my God, like you thought you can just knock off something from your to-do yeah, list, but then yes, you just added more things. Exactly. I thought I could knock something easy and fall asleep, but it ended up taking like two hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then after I did that and it was on, like I slept well because I felt like, yes, I have done something and... I was just very, very pleased with how everything turned out. Mm. How do you feel about it? You've listened to like the rough version before it went out, but now that you've listened to the full version, like, yeah. Well, first of all, I think you you did a really exceptional job with the editing, and uh, I and I I, th- I don't know. I feel really proud of what we've made. You know. Yeah. I think for first timers who have basically no prior experience in making a podcast. I don't know if you had any experience, to be honest, but... Not on making a podcast, no. I mean, I have editing experience. It's my job, so it's not like... Well, yeah, editing, sure. But like, you know, it's still... I don't know, you still, you know, we... I think it's, yeah, it's it's worth mentioning that it's nice to be able to set some time aside and, you know, 
make something. And I think, yeah, ultimately, I think that's where the, the joy comes from. Do you get that like feeling about when you go through your day and you didn't do anything? Like, how do you feel at the end of the day? Oh my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. To the point like I have to divide my days into what I call input days and output days. Oh, tell me, tell me about that. No, because that's the only way I don't feel not, I don't, I don't feel like unaccomplished when I don't make something or create something or put out something. Wait, so in an input day, it's fine not to put out anything? Yeah, an input day for me is just like research day, right? This is where I'm like reading a lot or or watching films or just trying to consume selected material so that I can build that library of stuff in my head so that on an output day, I would have something to make or do or say or write. Is that like a ratio to like input to output days or is it 50-50 or do you have more input days and output days? I try to keep it 50-50, but sometimes there's this urge of just like, I need, I just, I just want to make something. I need to write something. I need to update my website, whatever it is, something. I just feel very unsettled when I'm not making things. And so that's why like not being able to cut hair for what, more than two months now right. is really difficult for me. Because on a daily, my job is pretty much instant gratification, right? Every hour, I bang out a haircut. Yeah, that's true. Like, I made something. Every hour, I'm making something. Yeah, but when you're, you're not doing anything, then where's, how, how do you soothe that, that urge to create? Yeah, it's interesting. I, didn't, I never really thought of like cutting hair as an act of creation, but like, it absolutely is. It absolutely is, man. Like you come in, you give me this like rough draft, right? And then you give me, you give me the brief, yeah. right? And then I, bam, whip something out. No, definitely, definitely. I love cutting hair. Yeah, because it's just constant creation. I've never really thought about the whole like input day, output day thing. Then what is your process like? I think for me, it's just like forever output. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I, I guess I'm kind of overwhelmed and uh, yeah, just feeling the way I do. It's just like every day I feel like I have to do, put out something. Well, not necessarily put out, but I have to do something. But I've also realized recently that because I do write every day, mm. but it doesn't sort of hit the same neural pathways as actually putting out something. So when I write or when I journal, like I'm still sort of creative. But it's different from when I, I guess, post a video or have a blog post, you know, that's even if nobody sees the blog post, because I mean, nobody sees it anyway, but just knowing that it's there for the public changes something in my brain. Like, yes, you have done something productive today. You can sleep. <laughs> yes. You know, I 100% agree. I also make it a point to write every day, but it is also like you only the days when I post something. The, do I feel accomplished? <laughs> do I feel like this, like this extra dopamine hit in my brain or something? I don't know. Yeah, no. I, yeah, it just, yeah, it just makes me feel so good. A couple of years ago, I had like this realization that I felt like I needed to earn love. Mm. And I know that this is not like a unique thing. Like I think a lot of people in different ways feel that love is earned. But in my situation specifically, I believe that the thing that I have to offer to people and I guess the world is my creativity. Mm. And I needed to 
write and like take photos or make videos or do something that would be worthy of you know people loving me mm yeah at some point i don't know like therapy journal or whatever and it's just like no 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 you know like love is a birthright you deserve to be loved just for being you yeah and i think over the years at least in my romantic relationships and even my friendships i do not approach it in terms of this is the thing that i'm giving you or this is the thing that i'm doing for you the i don't know whatever and the writing or the listening or the whatever and then now you can love me back i don't think i'm doing that mm-hmm. but what i'm realizing right now is that i'm doing that to myself like i am not loving myself <laughs> until oh. i do these things oh my god for myself yes. to feel that okay now i'm sort of a worthy human being of love because otherwise i'm just like this lazy piece of shit that is i mean i don't actually think of myself <laughs> as a piece of shit but basically it's just like you know when someone gives you a gift and then you throw it back at their face yeah that is kind of how i feel and i think this is what is sort of driving me to this madness to be like why do i have this thing in my head like i have this gift and it's like in a way it's it's it's, it's, it's almost like i don't know not using your privilege or something like that or it's just like oh yeah but like i have this thing and like i could be doing so much with this thing mm. i'm not and then every day that i go to bed and i don't do something i don't do something creative it just feels like i'm throwing the gift back in god's face wow i i really wish i had the same esteem as you do because I relate to everything you just said up to the point of like oh if I don't do it then I'm wasting this gift because I don't think I see myself that way. How do you see yourself? I don't know. I I just I don't think that I'm talented or whatever. But I also have the same uh attitude towards like oh if I don't make something then how do I know that I'm a I I guess worthy or useful. Mm. Like so it it in the same way that is how i i guess i'm not showing love but like that's how i give myself a reason to love myself can you rephrase that i don't know if i got what you mean like i need to do this otherwise i don't i'm not deserving of love but it's for me it's not for people Yeah, I think that's what I was saying about myself, right? Yeah, except except that you said that like for you it's also this added thing of like doing it so that you don't waste your talents. Right. Or or your gifts from God. Yeah, from God, yeah. But I don't have like I'm not at that stage yet. I well, I don't know yet or not. <laughs> but like, I'm not at the stage. I don't have that same like, oh, I'm wasting my talents yeah. like <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, not uh, not all of us have an overinflated sense of self. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's uh, yeah, that's it's uh, quite good actually. Yeah, helps with the steam issues. I I think it's also just one of those things that I mean, for as long as I remember, like I don't know, I was I don't know three. Mm. Everybody was just telling me how smart I was, you know. Wow. And it's become almost like a complex in the sense that I mean, this is also like a bit of a tangent, but part of the reason why I also kind of feel that this is the only thing that I can offer mm-hmm. is because this is the only thing that for a very long time that people compliment me on 
So it's just like, oh, this is the only thing I'm good for. In the sense that, oh, it's like, oh, you know, you're so smart, you're intelligent, you're eloquent, you talk well. And it's like, but especially in romantic relationships, it's like, but I also want to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I don't know if this is true right now, but when I was a child, which is when this beliefs form, mm-hmm. there was sort of, I guess, objective measurements of my smarts in the sense that, oh, I skipped all these classes and then I have all these A's. So it's just like, oh, this is a quote-unquote gifted child. As an adult, I'm almost certain these things don't track. Mm. I don't think right now I'm like smarter than the average person, but I have the sort of belief from back then that has sort of shaped my perception of myself as a smart person. Mm. I guess that's essentially what I'm saying is that it feels like this is the only thing that I have to offer. And then I have to sort of just do as much of it as I can, because what's the point of being like a gifted child if you don't, you know, produce gifts? (laughs) Yeah, this is, this. all of this is like really interesting because you know how like when, you know how people talk about how like, what you experience in your childhood would, you know, shape you to be kind of the person you'd be as an adult, right? Yeah. So like, you know, coming from, like hearing from you and saying that like, you say that like, oh, people have always said that you're a smart kid. Seems like you had a pretty secure uh, sense of self growing up. Oh, I wouldn't say that at all. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because because I feel like, because like for me, I, I nobody has ever, you know, come up to me and said that, hey, you're a smart kid or like, good job on whatever, whatever, you know, you've got talents or whatever. Like nobody has ever said that. So like growing up that tracks for me, like, okay. Right. So I don't regard myself with that, that same esteem that you have for yourself. Right. But then I also thought like, oh, but then it also presents its own problems because even for you as a kid, like growing up with all these compliments all the time and all this reassurance, you still grow up feeling like, oh no, I need to keep doing it so that what people say is, like I have to keep proving that this is true. Yeah. But then for me, it's like the opposite. Like I need to, I need to do it because I think people think I'm stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, oh, I need to prove that I have value because otherwise people will not think that I am smart or talented or whatever. But I think it's the same thing. It's just maybe coming from slightly different places because even for me, it's like, well, if I slip and I don't do it, then they'll be like, oh, he was never smart anyway. He was just like, I guess, lucky or something. Like I was thinking how the history of the people I've, not the people I've dated, but the people that I was in relationships with, like they were all very smart, like, but also like provably smart Mm. in the sense that like, they've got the certificates to prove it. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So it's just like, oh, these people are like, provably smart and that was part of the attraction for me in the sense that like if I can vibe with these people that must mean that I am also smart on their level kind of don't you think most of us operate that way in what way like you get together with somebody yeah and sometimes like I like I think that about like okay like hot people for example Mm -hmm. conventionally hot people that get together with other conventionally hot people and you sometimes think do they just go together naturally because it just makes them feel like, oh yes, I'm definitely hot because I'm with a hot person. I haven't thought of it that way, but I can see it. It's sort of like self-reinforcing. Yeah, you must be hot because otherwise, why would this person 
well, I'm, I'm sure there's other reasons why this person is with the other person. I would like to think that, but like, you know, yeah. but sometimes they just look so like, it, it's just like, like a ridiculously good looking couple. Like I'm, I just always wonder like, are they ridiculously good looking or are they just tall? <laughs> <laughs> I I remember this story. I think, yeah, you told, you told me about it, wasn't it? Like your, your friend said that to you or something. No, I thought, I thought this came from you. Is it? I, I think Nine was telling me this thing that, that you said. Okay, I did tell you a story where like uh, a friend of mine saw this guy and he's like, oh my God, he's so hot. And I was like, no, he's not hot, he's just tall. But I, at the time, I was sort of quoting you, or at least I thought I was quoting you. Oh, maybe I said it. I don't remember. Yeah, I think you said it. And then I heard, and then I was just like, oh, this is a good line. And then I said it to my friend. And I was just like, no, actually, he's, he's tall. And then we got into this dumb argument where he was just like, you can't just isolate the tallness because what, what, what if he doesn't have an ear? I, like, like his, his ears are part of his beauty also. So his height must be... I was like, this is nonsense because nobody is out here selecting men for their ears, but people are out here selecting men for their heights. Yeah. So it's not even the same thing. Here's a possibly strange question. What do you love about yourself? Like, what's the thing that you love the most about yourself? I think I'm going to have to say that I love my curiosity. You're, you're very curious. Yeah, I like knowing things. I like learning things. I like experimenting with things. I just, I, I just feel like I like to try stuff. What does that mean to you? What does what mean to me? Like trying new things. That you're this person, that you're this curious person. What does that mean to you? Well, I suddenly feel very put on the spot. <laughs> like, what does, what does being curious mean to you? Like, if you think of it as a virtue, right? Mm. So if curiosity is a virtue, like, what does it mean? Like, does it like, I don't know, connect you more to the world? Yeah, for sure. Like, curiosity just means that I'm more, yeah, like you said, like more open to the world, more open to people. And that just means that I will be more empathetic also. Okay. Yeah, and that is a value that I think is very important. How does curiosity make you more empathetic? Because when you're curious about the world and you learn things, then you get to see other perspectives. Right, right. You get to right. learn about how people think, how people work. But no, yeah, coming back to anxieties, I feel like it's something I need to continue to work on because I don't really know what to... I don't really feel like things have changed very much in that regard. You know, moving here, moving to Ireland made me really, really realize that I don't really respond well to changes. Right. Like any disruption to my routine and I get really scattered and flustered. I thought that maybe, maybe there's something more to just, you know, maybe it's not just anxieties, maybe there's something more. And that's what led me to do the online test, the online autism test. It's, well, the results turned out that like both tests said that I had like border I was borderline autistic what does that mean borderline <laughs> I t- exactly I, I tried to do more research on borderline autism, but it just, it just it just basically means from what my research tells me it basically means that most likely I'm not autistic oh okay it's just that I have I present some similar um, characteristics of people that have autism but let's say if the tests did say that you are autistic uh-huh how would that change your life? Like, how would that affect your day-to-day existence? I don't know. I just think, I think, first of all, I just think it's nice to have something concrete, 
like just to have an answer for the things that I'm feeling. Because it's very disconcerting when you're sitting there with your anxieties day in, day out, wondering <laughs> what's going on, you know? Like, why do you... Like, that's the thing with anxieties, right? It's like when you have it, you kind of think that like, is this what people feel like all the time? Is this what everyone is going through? Right. And then you realize that, no, that is not normal. I don't think that's what people feel all the time. Yeah. So that's why I was so desperate to find a, an answer to what is going on with me. I had kind of uh, the opposite experience. Mm -hmm. I took an online ADHD assessment uh -huh. and it did say that I have ADHD. Ah. So I, I, I messaged like my therapist. I was like, do you do ADHD assessments so that I, I, I don't know, I get like properly diagnosed? And she was like, no, but I know I can refer you to this center that does it. And then I just thought like, Ah, not really. Because one is just like a, a lot of work to mm. go to somebody else that I don't know. <laughs> but also I was thinking, what would a diagnosis mean to me? Like how would it change my life in a day-to-day -day level? Because I mean, yes, I am anxious 70% of the time, <laughs> mm. but I'm also functional 100% of the time yep like it's not affecting my life in like a significant enough way yeah and at least from my perspective I don't see how if I get like a, like a medical diagnosis like okay you do have ADHD I was like okay so now what <laughs> I feel like my life would be mostly the same except now I have a piece of paper that tells me I have ADHD and I don't know if I want that yeah, I think before I was, before I recognized that what I had was anxieties, I spent a lot of time, like I spent a lot of time trying to avoid thinking that I have anxieties. Right. Because I was so afraid of naming it because then I would become too much of a, I, I, I want to say like, I don't even know, like, like a crutch almost. Yeah, I think that's what I was thinking a bit of Sakrach, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to just be like, okay, I, I can't, you know, I'm feeling a lot of things right now and I don't want to just be like, oh, it's probably just my anxieties. No, because I don't know if like by naming it, have I actually improved by saying that, yeah, I am someone who suffers from anxieties. Like how has, has that improved my life? Right. Or am I just being able to name it and that's it? Yes, this is a condition that I have sometimes. I don't know if I think about it like every day in the sense that, like, oh, I'm a person living with anxiety. Like I, I, I certainly don't think of myself like that. Mm, yeah. It's just like, yeah, I just, this is me and the anxiety sort of comes with me, but like it's not separate. And it's just like, this is my behavior. I like things to be in order. I like things to uh, to have a structure mm. i don't like surprises and all these things is just like part of being who i am yeah and knowing these things about me is part of loving me <laughs> essentially yeah i i don't see it as i guess a disease or like a failure of something yeah no definitely yeah yeah something i found helpful like uh mm -hmm. grace suggested this is to basically set a timer for everything I do because I have very poor time perception. This is also like why I spent two hours doing the podcast thing because in my head I was like, this will take 10 minutes, but I just never know how long anything will take. 
So I started setting a stopwatch when I'm doing things. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I look at the thing and say, okay, this takes this long. I'm not, I'm not even logging this anywhere. It's just like in my memory to just be like, okay, just to get a better idea of how time works. Right. And that is like one of the things that I'm doing to sort of help with this like ADHD-like symptoms that is not necessarily ADHD, but this is just like how I'm unable to perceive time properly. Mm. Like I, I just think that, I mean, yes, time is fixed because like clock time, mm. but I also think it's kind of overrated to sort of stick to it. Like I'm not saying that you should leave somebody waiting for half an hour or something, but I think if you're meant to meet at like, I don't know, seven, any time from like, I don't know, 6.50 to 7.10, it's like seven. And that's fine. <laughs> you don't need like <laughs> an explanation wow. for, for that. And I feel like it's the person's responsibility to keep themselves entertained for like 10, 15 minutes. I think that's fine. Mm. Like I'll do the same. Wow. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't relate to this part because I'm just, I'm always early if not on time <laughs> i don't know why i just feel like i cannot like and this is the thing that um nine my partner for context is always co- complains about me being like wanting to be there way too early for something <laughs> yeah she's like why do you need to be like if the thing starts at seven it's going to start at seven here's a question i don't know if you relate to this so like a thing that i keep bumping on with people mm-hmm. is that like oh when you are late you are like disrespecting the other person i do not believe that but like is that something that resonates with you do you feel it's disrespectful to show up late i don't i don't know if i feel like i'm disrespecting people but i feel like i am disrupting a a, a sense of uh the rhythm like I've been, i'm disrupting the rhythm of things because things are supposed to move a certain way. They have certain time slots. We have certain, you know, like things are meant to be a certain way. And if I don't confine to those specific rules, then I feel like I'm disrupting the flow. I mean, it makes sense for like certain events, I suppose. Like, I guess if you're going to like uh, like a board game night and <laughs> there's like a, a specific number of people that need to play this board game, uh-huh. then you showing up late disrupts the flow of things because they need you to play the game but if you're going to i guess like a party or something the party can start without you and that's fine (laughs) well yeah that's true but i don't know why i always feel the need to be like okay they say it starts at this time i have to be there at that time i think because in my mind i think that people have an idea or plans as to how they want a certain thing to go do they share these plans not really it's just like okay if you have a party and you say party starts at nine right then ideally I like to be there by nine. Okay. Yeah, because in my mind, I just think that, oh, you maybe, you you might have a plan for how things, how long things should should go. Right. So I don't want to disrupt that. Like if I come at 10 o'clock, it's that. <laughs> maybe that's not acceptable. Oh, okay. No, that is interesting. And I think we're actually coming from very similar places because it's just that I'm just doing the, the opposite assumption. Mm-hmm. Because if you send me like a invite for a party, mm and then you don't give me an agenda, then I'm just going to assume it's a free-flowing thing, and then I can come in whenever. But if you send me a party, be like, the party's at 9, like uh, at 9.15, we are going to have like an opening, I don't know, 
talk whatever 9:30 we are going to have like drinks uh 10 whatever i don't know how parties work <laughs> <But> basically <laughs> if you send me an agenda like recently a friend of mine had a birthday party and she sent me an agenda mm-hmm. like 12 noon we meet like there's like games there's the food and blah blah so like i know this and knowing that this is the flow of things i know okay i need to be there latest by this time because this thing is happening at this time mm-hmm. but if it's just like a free flow party in invite already i'm anxious because i don't know who's going to come to this party i don't know what we are going to do i don't know anything so the more information that i have before i go to an, an event or a party mm-hmm. a the calmer i am but b the more likely i am to be there on time but i think that's also why i like to go there the time that it says it starts at because then i get the i get the first dibs of like sussing out the room and finding out what's going to happen because i also get anxious not knowing what's going to happen at the party or the event right but if i'm there first then i get to be the one that is in control somewhat because i already know i already know what's up you know so when people start to fall in i'd be like ha i already know what's <laughs> going to happen <laughs> whether or not that really helps my situation is like is besides the point right it's just the feeling of like no that that makes sense i i understand that yeah even just knowing like oh right uh to the left is where you get the drinks and to the right is where you get the food like i just like knowing that i'm the first one to understand how all these all these things work no that makes a lot of sense to me because that is essentially why i like hosting uh, because i know where everything is but you are sort of doing like the shortcut in the sense that you are not hosting so you don't have the stress of being a host mm. but you're also there early enough to know the lay of the land and what's happening yes. before everybody else shows up exactly <laughs> and then when you show up first you don't have to be the one to navigate where to have conversations because you're already there so people just come to you yeah exactly oh that's smart yeah people come to you you no longer have to show up and be like oh my god how am i going to insert myself where should i insert myself right you know yeah but if you if you're there first essentially you've already you you've 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 pissed on the pole first you know that pole is yours <laughs> so you <laughs> i like this party going tips from our <laughs> <laughs> see this is the thing with people with anxieties right this is like the We we have we have thought about all the 1001 scenarios that come up in your head. So, recommendations. Should I go first since the last time you went first? Yeah, yeah. You you go first. Okay. I'm going to recommend another film and it's called The Banshees of Inisherin. Oh, the Colin Farrell. Yes. Have you have you seen In Bruges? I've seen in Bruges, Matthew McDonald, yeah. Yes, do you like it? I love in Bruges. Oh, lovely. But that's pretty much his only film that I like. <laughs> okay. Okay, so the thing is I've only recently watched in Bruges like Oh, I see. Two or three days before Banshees Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah. I was on Netflix and I was like I didn't you that's the thing, right? Like, oh my god, I just love Okay, I don't know if I love like AI or whatever, but like <laughs> algorithms or whatever, but the thing is that I was on Netflix true trying to choose a film to watch and the thing that was recommended to me was In Bruges. In Bruges on Netflix? Oh, okay. Yeah, In Bruges. On, well, the one in Ireland is yeah, Netflix Ireland. So maybe maybe that's the reason why as well because I didn't know that he made another film recently right. called The Banshees of Inisherin. So yeah. 
obviously Netflix would recommend based on what's going on at the time, right? Correct. So I watched In Bruges. I loved it. Like instant top four favorite, whatever, film of all time. That's great. Then a few days later, I went to the, the cinema here and I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this film because it's Colin Farrell and I, I was on a Colin Farrell street, right? So I was like, okay, let's just keep at Colin Farrell. And then I, I started watching and I didn't realize that it was... Oh, you didn't know it's a scene director? No. Oh. Like the first scene and everything, the... What, what was that? What's the... What's the, the other guy's name? Is it Brendan Gleeson? Brendan Gleeson. Yeah. He comes on scene and I didn't recognize him at first because, well, it's been a, many, many years. Yeah. And then Nine nudges me and goes, it's the same guy from In Bruges. And I was like, oh my God, it's the same pairing. This must be from the same director. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but anyway, my point is that I love it. It is, again, to keep it on theme, this is another Irish film that I've just recommended to you. And I would say it is a very accurate representation of what Irish life is all about, even though it was set in like the <laughs> 1920s. <laughs> so for me, I am... Um going to recommend to you a person or at least an Instagram page of a person. Sweet. Do you know or have you heard of Mira Ganapati? Nope. She goes by One Mia Cut on IG. Nope. She does this little mini essayettes and they're so lovely and I think you'll like them. I'll send you one of them. It's called The File of Intimate and Damning Details. Okay. I feel like it's the kind of thing that you would also write. Right. So I was like, yep, this is a good recommendation for you. Nice. I'm looking forward to it. All right, then. That is the close of the episode. Okay. See you in two weeks. Yes. How do we close it? Like, the closing for the first one was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, it was. Was it good? I thought it was like. I th- what did I say? I, I, all I did was like, okay, and then, yep, we're done. Outro music. Al and I Try Podcasting is a project of Al Siu and Al Ibrahim. This episode was edited by me, Al Ibrahim, and the cover design is by Al Siu. My work can be found at meetbyal.net and Alciu writes at alciu.com. DM us on Instagram with feedback or topic suggestions at alxalpodcast. Until next time.